0: The IE Business Podcast, in association with PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. Hello there, and welcome to the IE Business Podcast, in association with PwC. I'm Coach Cadden and talking to me today is former Paddy Power, Head of Strategy for Marketing Communication turned entrepreneur who has just set up her latest business venture, Be Like Water, fertility support in the workplace. Lucinda Kelly, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi Coach, so lovely to meet you and thank you for having me on. I'm
0: really excited to talk to you. Great. Um, So first off, I wanted just to ask, uh, do you do a bit of gambling yourself? I, I, yes, I well, a
1: little bit. I, I love horses and I still do a bit of gambling in the bigger races and nothing else, but it's definitely for a little bit of fun.
0: OK, well, I suppose, you know, the whole realm of setting up a company is a little bit like gambling, um, especially, you know, a startup. So I just wanted to know why you decided to set up a new company and also what is the elevator pitch when you go into organisations? Like what does, what's, what does the company actually do and what do you see it doing in the future?
1: Yeah, I I, um, I did have property in my other business. And then after that, I was working as an MD and was consulting for another company and really enjoyed those roles. Um, but what I realised during that time was that I was single and I was sacrificing my uh, personal life with work. So during the last few years, I've sort of looked at, or not looked at, I have frozen my eggs and I've been through an IVF journey by myself as a single female. Um, And recognised that there were a lot of problems with that across lots of different verticals. But one of the main ones that came out was around if I'm working, you know, do I have to, am I able to do this? What support am I getting for this? Um, And that unlocked a load more problems. And that's how I came about with the concept of Be Like Water. Um, mm-hmm. And what Be Like Water is, is a platform to support employees on their path to parenthood. And what's happening in the world is a lot of corporates are now really recognising this problem as as um, people leave parenthood to later in life and lots of... Uh, pressure with fertility financing and you know it's a really big global crisis in a big industry they do want to support support their employees more either through um, updated policies or through new tools um, and then I've spoken to a load of males and females and by the way this is the male problem as well um, to understand what's their take on this so we're coming up with a solution that actually is a platform for employees to actually help them support them on their journey and then to get the corporates to work with us on this and to educate the corporates to help them with their policies and based on real feedback from employees
0: Mm -hmm. and i know um it's it's a quite a new area and that um there's a little bit of momentum coming into the space now in ireland in terms of helping people create families and keep their professions um but entering that space is it what your company does does it enter into uh go into organizations like say i'm trying to have a start a family does uh be like water come into the examiner speak with the examiner speak with you know um myself and kind of figure out the best supports and or is that That's something that you're kind of working on at the moment and what you can see the company doing. What we're working on, we have
1: been in with or had calls with over 20 HR directors and other stakeholders within corporates. And what is really important uh, to the business in an authentic way is that they align with um, ESG and pending CSRD requirements, meaning that they have a legal requirement to now support initiatives across diversity and inclusion across um, helping females grow their careers um, etc and also supporting on tools and services that help with employees uh, balancing their life across parenthood and corporates or or the work life so what we are doing is figuring out what that solution is but in the meantime starting to build out tools that will directly help the employers or the employees um, and then we will be able to be in a position to make recommendations to businesses as well on how they can actually become more fertility friendly
0: I mean, I have to ask, Be Like Water is a Bruce Lee quote, is it?
1: It's a really good question. And actually, some people are kind of like, I just don't know about the name. And I think it's really hard. We have a very basic placeholder website at the moment and it's not doing anything for the brand. But I, we we had kind of come up with names that were a little bit more like the property.ai type. And I was like, I think actually, do you know, I was listening to um, The Good Glow. I don't know whether you know that podcast with Georgia Crawford. It's brilliant. I love it. And I thought, that's a great name. And then I was talking to my ex-co-founder from Popperty and I said, you need to come up with a name. And then he came up with it and I was like, I really like that. So I just like the idea of water and I like the idea that it's fluid. And I like the idea that really, you know, when we go to work, we, I'm going back to the females, I know we work so hard and we want to, prove ourselves and we do a great job and sometimes and i think if it happens to me a little is we forget about our personal life and i just think the idea of letting it flow between personal and work it should all be one harmonious journey that sounds very la 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 but it really um that's where the name came from so it people do find
0: it a bit weird to be honest <laughs> now the company, as you were saying, it's still very much in its infancy. Um so what I would like to ask is where do you see this company? Maybe not in the next few weeks, but this time next year, what's the vision for it in a year's time? Because you only launched it there, what, two months ago?
1: Yeah, well, really, it's not even officially launched yet. It's so early. We're actually just starting to look at pilots right now, and we will start fundraising next year once we demonstrate that there's a real appetite for this. Um but From the get-go, it has a global vision and it has a vision to work with the corporates top-down because they will have a global footprint. And like I said, everyone does get it, but they really, really get it. Um, And I think what I've learned over the last couple of weeks with a lot of conversations across all types of stakeholders is that ESG is really important. And then the new directive with CSRD next year from the 1st of January, that businesses really need to step up and look at what are they doing when particularly it comes to the likes of diversity and inclusion and what they're doing for their females to make sure they don't drop out of the workplace. So we were trying to glue together a lot of the fertility problems with our solution with that. And that's also pricked a lot of ears. So that whole ESG is a global initiative. Um, it, it, it seems from my research that the EU is leading on it. So I do think, you know, we start with UK Ireland, and hopefully we start to grow out Europe and, and that way over the coming years with it. Yeah, and in terms of
0: growing to meet that scale that you want, uh, in terms of investment, what are you looking for? How have you funded the company so far? Has it been all your own money? Have you bootstrapped, and or have you gotten a little bit of outside investment, or is that something you're looking at? It's really
1: bootstrapping at the moment, and going back to this brilliant program called Founders at Dogpatch Labs, they um, give you a stipend monthly for a couple of months, and then in December, we go into our Dragon's Den style investment committee pitch, where you pitch for your 100,000, and at that point, so in December, what I want to be at is showing that there's a real problem here, and there are customers that are willing to pay for this problem, whatever level we are at with the product. Um, And as we all know, 100,000 doesn't get you that far when you have big ambitions. Um, So we would estimate that our seed round would be the back end of the summer next year. Um, But I think there is more funding once you get the 100. I think there's more funding on the back of um, a three-month accelerator, potentially in March time as well. And then there's great funds across Leo and Enterprise Ireland. And we did well on property with that as well. So you just have to be really careful how you do it and, you know, it's it's possible with limited funds.
0: And poverty is a name that has popped up uh, a lot during this conversation, and I'm very excited to talk about that and kind of the lessons that you learned coming from poverty into Be Like Water. But before I ask that, um, you know, it seems like being a founder is something that you always wanted to do, you know, you wound up one company, you started another, it didn't deter you, you know, the the failure of one business. So is have you always wanted to be a founder and own your own business? Was that something always there?
1: Yeah, like I actually have, I feel it's just inherited in me to be a founder and create things and build things. And, you know, in a practical world and anyone around me, people are like, you're mad, you're going through your own fertility journey at the moment you are you know all these personal things you have a great life you had great salaries great opportunities why are you going again and you will not have the time lucinda and i i feel like i feel like i'm not just trying to break it but it just feels natural to me that this is the journey i'm meant to be taking and um yeah you can't stop me unfortunately (laughs) no one can stop me
0: yeah, and just on property then, um, you know, there are parallels between both companies. They're both AI, they both use AI. Um, so why did you decide to go back to that kind of model? And do you think one of the reasons why property didn't work out is because Ireland is just kind of catching up in that AI space, um, or and you wanted to develop that a bit more in a new company?
1: Just to recap on property, we were very much UK based and Telefonica was one of our investors where we used, we had access to 42 million handsets and we combined uh, cellular data and and aggregated data, which can give you insights on gender um, age, interests, lots of great stuff. And we combined it with other apps to predict where brands should locate their pop ups. Um, so really the downfall is that we had a a global player doing a pilot with us just when COVID was kicking in. So it was unfortunate that COVID shut down retail, which in turn shut us down. Now in saying that, don't get me wrong, startups scaling up is difficult, very, very difficult. Um, And, At the heart of that business was data and we were using really modern techniques uh, around ai to actually get great results and accuracy levels um and for me when i read up a lot i've always loved technology and reading up what the world how it's changing with ai i really felt coming onto this program with founders i wanted to ride the wave of gen ai um and but not like It's really interesting because AI is not the solution and I really am adamant on what we're going to market now initially on pilots is not an AI solution. It will get there, but we have something we believe that is more, you know, more relevant that doesn't necessarily need AI, but the AI will come. Um, and I just feel it's, it's game changing what it's doing for our society. So it's important that we do consider it as part of the proposition.
0: Mm-hmm. and for uh listeners to our conversation um you know property, as you mentioned there it was a company that helped businesses that wanted to set up pop-up shops and uh grow their retail business um and it was eventually wound up during the pandemic um after receiving a lot of praise a lot of financial support um so in your words listen to what went wrong was it just the pandemic or what what went wrong in your in your opinion
1: I think there's a couple of things. Let's take the pandemic out of it because I was ultimately the downfall of the business, but even going in, I, I would have been like, okay, you know, I'm really good with capital and I know where we're going to be. I'm good at this, but no matter what it does take more and it takes longer on product development, particularly on data. So to get our accuracy levels and to build out what we wanted took longer, full stop, um, then, when it came to investment, and we had further investment, we made you know we we did well, and we were generating good monthly revenue with the business. However, there were issues around. No matter how compliant we were with GDPR, um, a lot of the investors actually didn't quite like what we were doing. They didn't like the idea that we use data even though it's anonymized even though we don't know that it's caught, sure Lucinda um, and also there were some, a lot of the big investors we were meeting were all about scaling and you know one or two might have been like okay you've got Telefonica, get Vodafone and then we'll come in on the round and yeah I think it's it's multiple things, I think we had to be really mindful of cash flow, more mindful than I thought And um, but the icing on the cake was Covid, that literally shut us down, retail shut down and there were some government supports at the
0: time um, and And yeah, that was the downfall of the business. And then going into this business, you know, you're faced with like a whole range of new challenges in terms of, you know, setting up a business in an inflationary environment, in a high interest rate environment. So are there any of the lessons that you learned that from your past experience with property that you've been able to apply in this challenging environment when setting up a business?
1: Um, Yeah, I I firmly believe money is a lot more scarce than it was, what was it, five or six years ago when I set up property. So um, I think we need to be really mindful of that. And really, for me this time around, I adamantly want to be generating revenue earlier and not waiting, even though our business plan said we'll make it X at Y. Um, And I think that's really important. And I would we closed on a seed round of half a million at the time and then we took in money afterwards but i think there if there are investors that want to go in at seed even though you have set what you're going to look for i would actually take as much as you can because we i believe that the next 18 months is going to get even more difficult you could see what it's like for scale-ups trying to fundraise so it doesn't really matter before i was really really precious of the terms and minding my own equity and all that but i think right now you know, money will get us a long way. And yes, you have to like your investors and you have to believe in, they believe in you for the right reasons. Um, But I'd be a big believer, I'll take it wherever I can. And again, like I said, there are grants and there's opportunities around Ireland. And so really to get the time to see where else can you get money outside of your typical fundraise. Mm -hmm.
0: And then let's take Ireland, let's say it's in the perfect scenario. It's not, there's no interest rates, inflation is fine. Pandemic didn't happen. Um, What are the peaks and pits of the Irish startup environment, in your opinion, um, do you think? And especially as, you know, you grew a business in the UK as well. So is there anything that we could take from our closest neighbors that we're lacking in?
1: So I I haven't been in the startup world the last couple of years. I'm only literally bam back into it. But like one thing we're not short of is great people. know there are really good people i do think there's probably people staying in corporates that might want to go out but because there's this little bit of uncertainty maybe there's not as many great people but the people that are in here and we're in dog patch labs with loads of different great startups it's a really good caliber in saying that the caliber of startups in Waira, the program that i was on in the uk was also very good um i'm i always think Ireland is amazing, but it's quite a small market. So when I think pilot, you know, maybe a lot of the time we're encouraged to go look, just test it, get people paying for a test, get it out there. I'm a little bit sort of Maybe wrong, but take a step back and go, okay, our pilot will be UK-Ireland, or trying to already from the offset, think of the bigger picture. It's nothing wrong with doing an Irish pilot and we probably will anyway, but just always trying to think, how do we just think big and it's not just about Ireland, but I mean, the support services are good here. This programme where we are in Dogpatch is brilliant Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like there's a lack of too much support, um, but I haven't put myself fully out there yet.
0: And you were saying as well that you're on your own fertility journey while, you know, when you're creating your own business and being a working woman as well. Is that something that you find like a challenge? Um, Because I know we had two, I I don't know if you're familiar with Awaken Hub, but two of the founders of um, it's basically an organization that mentors and funds female uh, startups um, and that kind of thing. And they, you know, they kind of highlight the challenges in that space for women. Is that something that you see yourself I
1: think this is, and I'm trying to speak very openly about it because, and even the feedback from these amazing people and HR directors is the first port of call is it starts with a conversation and sometimes it's very hard to talk about it. So I do try and speak openly about it. So I have been through loads of IVF rounds. I found out last December that I had something called adenomyosis. And I knew I never even knew that word existed. I'd heard of endometriosis. And the more you explore these, the more people that have them and don't even know about it. So my whole ethos for the business was why should someone have to end up paying 50 to 100,000 when they don't need to, if they had done initial tests, they knew the truth, fact over fiction. They knew about diet. They knew about immunology, the tests they needed to do, because that would save not only a lot of time and money, but also a lot of emotional heartache. And I, this time last year, I was really, really feeling terrible about it. And it was, you know, you do a lot of rounds and you put on a lot of weight and you're like, this is not good. So I made, I'm quite goals driven to myself, so I'm like, right, 2023, let's be having you. So I went in mentally, I do an awful lot of affirmations, meditations, um, and got to a place where, and and the whole year, no matter what IVF treatments I've done, I've been able to sort of bounce back and keep on going, and touch wood now, I do have three embryos on ice, um, which are what's called PGT tested, which are chromosomally normal, you employed another testing mechanism that some of the clinics do here, and it should be recommended, I think, particularly when you're over 40. Um, But it's all this stuff that I learned on the journey that I was like, why don't we just have a one-stop shop of the truth? And let's make it really easy for how do we build this solution that actually allows the corporate to use it? One of the big things that came out of it is what we were going to build was great, but it was going to be built within the corporate environment and this is so it's so confidential and sensitive that even if you're using let's call it like a chat gpt to ask questions around existing policies people are very nervous about what's being picked up I'm sure you're the same so um, that pivoted the solution into something that we've gone back to um, stakeholders and they're like they like it because it's more this um, this one-stop shop outside of the work environment but the teams in work will support their employees to use it.
0: Mm-hmm. And on that point of, you know, growing or having just having the conversation in the first place and getting that narrative out there, you know, um, I th- it seems that talking to big players and getting the name out there is such a big part of your business. Um, and I know that you're going to Web Summit next week and uh, like many, many, many other early stage st- uh, companies. But I have to ask, do you think it's still worth it? You know, with major big names like Google having pulled out and people that I assume that you you like early stage companies would be really excited about going to going to see and talk to?
1: Yeah, like I, I so I actually went to I remember going to the very first web summit, and then the last time I went was the exact same timing when I set up property, and I met um Uh, A US investor who connected me with this lady called Natalie who ran the largest prop tech property was PropTech fund. And I was with her twice in New York and she was looking at at investment. She ended up investing in our competitor peer here at the time. So I feel like there's a little bit of luck, but there's also um, two speakers that are within this femtech fertility space that I want to set up time with. So I think I, I don't know how. Yeah, I've seen lots pull out, but there's still people attending it. So, um, And sometimes it's good to get out of Ireland. And I just remember my last talk, was it five or six years ago, my favourite talk was an astronaut talking about space. I'm like, even if I get to see something like that, that'll be good to get away from the office. And can I
0: ask what your thoughts were on um, Paddy Cosgrave, the former CEO, stepping down? Uh, Was that something that, you know, you kind of thought... Will I go now? Should I go? The company seems a bit in flux. Uh, well, you know, um, or did it not deter you at all from your decision to go to WebSense?
1: Well, it actually increased my decision because in my head, I was like, OK, there's going to be more tickets available. So there's a there's a guy called Paul Hayes here who who runs Hut. So I sent him an email going, any tickets? So actually... It for me it was like an opportunity. <laughs> and that's how I ended up getting my ticket. But I think I think, you know, it he he Paddy's quite outspoken and yeah, I I sort of have thoughts on it, but I think he probably made the right decision to to bring in that new CEO and he's done an unbelievable job with Web Summit and his other conferences as well. So hugely wish him well.
0: And, you know, I I know Web Summit is a huge, huge company, but is that kind of like a a sign for other CEOs that you really have to be careful what you say on social media? Is that something you're ever conscious of? Because you say one thing that investors mightn't like or big companies mightn't like, and the next thing, you know, you get major backlash. And whether, whether you agree or not with what Patty said or, you know.
1: Yeah, Richard, look what social is doing. But also, it's not only that you're saying something, it can be taken out of context. And that's I think that's what's worse about it. So sometimes you're, you're trying to be authentic when you're having um, interviews or doing podcasts or anything. But there's always an element of holding back because you don't know who's going to pick up on something. And unfortunately, that's the way the world has gone. Uh, with what Paddy said, you know, he'll be able to stand up and kind of you know, justify why he said it or how it might have been taken out of context. But... Unfortunately, we have social and you just need to be so mindful about what you say.
0: Yeah. And as we finish up our podcast and um, I just want to ask before, you know, we spoke about what um, Be Like Water is going to look like maybe this time next year. But we still have a couple of weeks to go before we wave goodbye to 2023 for good. So is there anything we can expect in the next few weeks from Be Like Water?
1: Yeah, so at a basic level, the portal will be up and running in the next couple of weeks. It's just a placeholder at the moment, but there will be a community, a peer-to-peer community where um, individuals that are going through their journey to parenthood. And may I say, as I have had all these conversations and why it navigated away from, um, you know, couples, and also I'm a single female doing this, but there's a lot of same sex. It's The world has massively changed, and that's why... That's what actually the original name for the business, speaking of names, was the goddess, because I was believing in this whole female thing. And now I actually have the goddess.ai, but this has moved into a broader sense of supporting anyone on their journey. So there'll be a forum where you can have conversations. Um, the team are working on uh, an AI product, which will be very basic to be able to use and it'll be free. And then there's something we are working on that I can't disclose right now, but I'm hoping we will be able to in a few weeks, but definitely by Christmas, we will have a product or two live.
0: Very good. And I suppose my final question is, you know, you've had a very diverse journey and this company is very personal to you as well, as you've explained earlier. Um, in terms of what kind of advice would you give to somebody who wants to create a startup, um, in in general, whether it's in the femtech space, in the tech space, um, what were what have been the key lessons you've learned so far across both companies? I
1: think a lot of people think when they're starting up, they can't talk about it, as someone will in inverted commas rob their idea. Honestly, they're not going to rob your idea. It's your idea, and if you're passionate about it, then um, then I think go for it. I think for me. This is very mission-driven this time, very mission-driven and it feels different. But um, I also do look at macro trends because it's, we're getting into an environment that it is more difficult to grow. It's different maybe a lifestyle business, but if someone really wants to think about applying for the next founders program or NDRC or getting on one of these accelerators for a tech startup, I think do look at the trends and do, you know, one? one of the big themes is obviously sustainability, climate tech all huge. So maybe don't just think about the AI and this or that or um yeah and fertility is huge. So I think look at the trends and speak to people. And the other thing is people are so friendly. Like they do something here called office hours where you can talk to some of the directors about an idea and thinking about applying for a program. So I would highly recommend that you look around and just reach out either on LinkedIn because a lot of founders who've been there done that are so friendly and they will give free advice. And I would say, particularly females, I think, have a little less confidence to do this and they feel they have to be more ready. You never have to be ready. I'm never ready. And I just keep going. And you're always going to change and pivot, but just either send that email or pick up the phone or ask. Don't be afraid to ask for a coffee because I do feel founders want to help other founders. And then the people that are leading the programs, they're really helpful and they want to help, too. And Ireland is competitive. It wants to be a great ecosystem and it is a great ecosystem and they want to find those founders. So they're really, really open to having those conversations.
0: And do we think, do you think Be Like Water is going to be the last company for Lucinda Kelly? I think
1: I should be settling down and having a new family coach. I'm forgetting about the startup. No, I think this will, this, I, I, I feel, oh my God, this is a great business or it will be a great business. So um And then I look at the trend diet as well. So I know I'm jumping around, but we are going to all live a lot, lot longer, like a lot, lot longer. So even the thought of people retiring at 65, it just is so young. I mean, I feel like the retirement age should be 80 at this stage.
0: Don't tell the government that. We'll all be reckoning to our 100th.
1: So we should be looking at and age is one great area to look at as well you know because we have you know all this there's we have so much more to our life so I don't think it's the last but I hope to god it's a really successful one and, and at the end of the day I hope it really supports um these people going through fertility journeys and making them feel that little bit less stressed when they're in work and they're trying to hide it or they're trying to you know to um go ahead with these these moments without telling their boss which is coming
0: back a lot so yeah Well, Isinda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Good to chat to you, Coach, and I'll see you at Web Summit next week.
0: Yes. Join me for another episode of the IE Business Podcast next week. The IE Business Podcast, in association with PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you.